Hello, good morning everyone. So today we're going to talk about carbs and fat and the updated 2023 literature on both. Um, I got a lot of this content and, you know, we there's a lot of great writers and researchers out there, but there's a guy called Alan Aragon and he is one of the top um, kind of fitness people, health people, they've been around for decades, looking at the research, always monitoring new research, looking at it holistically, looking at it from a balanced point of view, never going down any like specific echo chamber. He's never become the low carb guy or the high fat guy or this guy or that guy. He's always refrained from joining any of those groups, which is difficult because that's where people really make their money. And you have these like low carb, anti-carb groups. And he's debated this guy called Gary Tubes. You might have seen books by this guy. He's a, he doesn't believe in calories in, calories out basically. And Al Nargas debated him live twice, I believe, and has absolutely destroyed him with science. And this guy then reverts to, well, if you think carbs are not bad or whatever, but explain to me why people can't be good. I'm the beast here. Well, mate, it's a lot of, it's a very, very complex topic. There's a lot of calorie, there's more energy consuming, there's a lot of stuff like that going on. It's not just one specific thing that's a cause of it. Anyway, when I was 15, 16, I set up a fitness business website interviewing um you know coaches and experts and bodybuilders and all this stuff and i remember emailing this guy al narigan back and going hey, i'm a big fan learn from your research review love your work i was like um would you write an article for my website and he was like yeah yeah how much are you paying per word you know i was 16 obviously i was like yeah i know like a, you know like three pence a word or something like that <laughs> so a thousand a thousand word article would have cost him what was that 30 quid is it Three pence, yeah, I think it's a third check. He was like, ah, yeah, really sorry, but I charge like five to seven pound a word, you know, and he was charging, you know, for a thousand pound word to like muscle and fitness or whatever magazine, you know, he's charging thousands per article. And you know, the reason is when you get people like him to write an article about a topic you want for your audience, you know, he's bringing the latest research, everything. So, you know, you're bringing your audience the best, and that's why it costs. And he's like, yeah, but he's nice. He said, in the future, if you ever, you know, make more money. <laughs> get back in touch and we can talk and I, and I remember that exchange he didn't like shut me down or nothing like that he still replied when he realised you know and uh, I was like yeah fair fair play but since then obviously we've, there's a few people in the industry that have kept out of these types of um, groups and those are the best people to follow really because you can you can look at the research yourself but you don't it's quite hard to stay on top of everything I think there's thousands of research studies like every month or whatever some's good some's bad and you can look at who funds it and all this stuff and get down that rabbit hole. But here is the latest up-to-date on carbs. And we go over carbs and a bit of fat so we know where we're standing. 2023. 20, Are we ready? Okay. Carbohydrate is one of the three macronutrients. It's four calories per gram. Protein is four calories a gram. And fat is nine calories a gram. Right? Carbs functions primarily, primarily as an energy source and is involved in glucose and insulin action. Okay, cholesterol and triglyceride metabolism. La, 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 la. Energy, right? Fiber is a plant-based compound, right? And it's not fully digested in the gut. Fiber. Fiber is under the carbohydrate branch, right? The current evidence collectively supports a minimum fiber intake of 25 to, tw to 29 grams per day, about 14 grams per thousand calories. And if you look at your turtle app, swipe across to your secondary dashboard, you will see that, that your fibre targets in line with the latest research. And lowering fibre has been shown to lower the risk of all-cause and cardiovascular-related mortality and a wide 
range of chronic diseases. So get your fruits in, get your veggies in, and get your fiber in, right? It's not calorie-free. It's about two calories a gram on average for fiber, right? It's not just for a kind of people. Well, it doesn't digest like It's two calories a gram. Carbs is four, right? So that's kind of where we're at on average. Glycogen, you might have heard of this word. Glycogen is the stored form of carbohydrates. You might consume carbohydrates and sugar and fiber and all that stuff, but glycogen is the stored form of carbohydrates and can vary considerably depending on lean body mass. But most people, most adults, will store 350 to 700 grams in the muscle and 100 grams in the liver of glycogen, okay? Um... And despite fat having nearly double the energy content of carbs, the oxidation, which is the burning of fat, is an inefficient, inefficient way to produce ATP, which is the body's energy currency. ATP production via glucose oxidation is two to five times faster than from fat. Okay, so it's important that carbs is available, especially if you're doing high to moderate intensity cardio, sports, and all that, fat, uh, carbs is essential. You know, you need to be ensuring you, your um, glycogen storages and your muscles are filled. You need to ensure that you are eating carbs. You're not straying away from carbs, right? And you might have heard the word ATP, and that's important because creatine, creatine plays a role in ATP and improves it, increases it. So it helps with it. So that's why people take creatine. Right, um, talks about GI, low GI, high GI, doesn't really matter in the context of a wider macro intake for the day. So if I had high GI carbs today and low GI carbs tomorrow, but my carb intake was the same, that's fine. Don't have to overcomplicate that. Um, unlike protein and fat, carbohydrate is not necessary for survival. That's, so then carbs is not classified as an essential nutrient. The traditional clinical definition of essentiality refers to survival, but essentiality can be goal-dependent within the context of maximizing athletic performance or muscle mass. It can be argued that carbs is indeed, carbohydrate is indeed essential. I would say carbohydrate is essential for um day-to-day living at a good level essentially like doing sports doing training having energy feeling you know feeling your muscles are like full and pumped up when you're doing workouts you know feeling stringy with no glycogen in the in the in the muscles and yeah just in that case it's obvious but like if yeah if you want to go survival really base down just to survive then yeah you know you've got but the body's got other systems that can turn fat you know ketosis for example so but we don't really want to be down there. We want to be a beer. Okay, so as in the case of protein, the collective evidence does not warrant different carbohydrate intake levels based on sex. The broad range of individual variation in carbs needs reinforces the lack of utility in generalizing difference requirements for men and women. So obviously, people think, well, so that if men know this and we call them carb monsters and some people are not carb monsters some people can prefer higher carbs some lower fat lower lower carb and when it comes to men and women women tend to use fat more for energy during workouts but after a workout they go back 
and men use more. So men use more carbs during work and then use more fat during the day. So it essentially balances itself out. People take us too far and be like, well, women oxidize fat better during workouts, so we should give them more fat. But that doesn't mean that there's going to be utilized more for energy. Like we said just now earlier, glucose is two to five times, right? Two to five times faster for, than fat oxidation. Okay, so energy's quicker with, with carbs. Optimizing carbohydrate dose for muscle is a gray area filled mainly with observational interferences. However, a consistent finding is restricting carbs to ketogenic levels, which is less than 10% of total energy or roughly 50 grams or less uh, a day, has resulted in either lean mass reduction, so muscle mass going down, or a compromised gain in lean mass, so you don't gain as much muscle. So if you do go low carb, the chance there's a higher chance you're going to lose muscle and a higher chance, a lower chance of you actually being able to gain new muscle. Okay, so we don't really want to go down that route. No offense, keto heads. And that's, okay, carbohydrate um, dosing requirements on a daily basis as well as time-sensitive nutrient needs relative to training and competition are laid out in box A. And it just goes to show on this type of stuff that if you really want to optimize your athletic performance, and I know some of you listening, you do want to do it, it's quite a simple um, working out. So you want to do three to eight grams of carbs per kilogram of total body weight, right? So that's to optimally support stuff like strength and power. If you want to optimize performance in sports with endurance demands, right? So rugby, hockey, football, all this stuff, you want to be doing six to 12 grams per kilograms of total body weight. So what does that look like? So if you weighed 150 kgs, okay, so 150 kgs, 150 pounds, that is 68 kgs. So if you're 68 kgs, you would want to be having about, so say you know you're going to the lower end and you want to really optimize your performance, you're looking at 400 grams of carbs a day. Okay, this is athlete stuff. Most of us are not athletes, you don't have to worry about it. We can go down to the three gram per range ratio of three times 68. Looking, so it's three times 68. We're looking at about 200 grams of carbs. Most of you, uh, total, will be putting you in the uh, moderate range. So you'll be in the 120 to 200, some people up to the upper 200s, um, grams of carbs a day. Now, the new feature, you can hide carbs and fat for now, just to focus on protein and total calories. But yeah, like, it doesn't have to be difficult when it looks at optimizing performance. If you want to start optimizing performance, go to maintenance, for one. Look at, you know, are you really an athlete or not? <laughs> like, right? And if you're not training like an athlete, you're not going to need as many carbs as an athlete. That's just a fact. Um, but you might want to go up to the upper end of the carb intake and test it out. So if it's saying three to eight grams of carbs per kilo of body weight, you might want to try six to seven to eight and then see where you get on, okay? So that's that. Um, when it comes to fat, I wonder what people's instant reaction is to flat fat, you know, straight away when it looks at fat. Um, the interesting thing about fat is it says, yeah, systema systematic review by Whitaker and Wu concluded that lower fat diets averaging 18% of total calories 
ranging from 6.8 to 25%. Decreased testosterone levels compared to their higher fat counterparts, averaging 39.3% of total calories uh, fat. This decrease was reported to be due to the reduction in testicular production of testosterone. The clinical or practical significance of this androgen-suppressive effect of low-fat diet is subject to individual goals and objectives. So we know this. Hormonal processes, we rely on fat. A lot of fats, you go too low in your fat, hormones going to suffer, especially men testosterone plummets, right? Not good. And I think that's an important thing as well, is that's what we do at Turtle, say, track your protein, carbs, and fat, so we can see if our fats are not too low, we can see where our carbs are land. But again, you can just do calories and protein if your goal is just fat loss right but if you want to look at the other things you want to look at them the practice of fat loading okay so let's let me just explain this now sex-based differences in fat metabolism the current position stands of the major scientific organizations do not specific specify separate fat intake targets for men and women all right so a higher rate of fat oxidation so fat burning during exercise occurs in women and men because that's the thing so women do burn more fat during exercise than men while this might lead some folks to jump to the conclusion that female athletes require more fat than men this greater reliance on fat as fuel is the result of a greater amount of intramuscular triglyceride storage in women also this greater rate of fat oxidation fat burning during exercise is counterbalanced by lower rate of basal so resting fat burning in women, which partly explains their higher net fat storage and overall higher body fat percentage. Nevertheless, this is from the research, nevertheless, due to the greater exercise-mediated reliance on fat for fuel, literature review on this topic has asserted the importance of women avoiding extreme and low-fat intake. Hasworth and Lemire cautioned that very low-fat intake, which is 10 to 15% of total calories, combined with high volume of endurance training, might impair performance by lowered intramuscular triglyceride storage. They also recommended that female athletes consume at least 20% of total calories from fat in order to support substrate utilisation. Okay. And women have shown a greater conversion of ALA, so a plant-derived omega-3 fatty acid, um, EPA and DHA, which are biologically important omega-3 fatty adders from mostly fatty fish. This detail is potentially relevant to vegans and individuals who do not eat any animal foods. However, this difference is somewhat immaterial in the face of low conversion of ELA to EPA and DPA overall, regardless of sex. Just get a decent amount of fat in, guys. If you're, mac if you're following the macros, you will. If you don't want to know, check in sometimes. And the last few bits on fat, just so I can cover up. The practice of fat loading was born from the idea that preferential fat utilization as fuel for exercise would improve endurance due to the vast source of fat within the body, right, which could basically spare glycogen and give you limitless energy. If you think about it, if you've only got nine, say if you've only got 800 grams of glycogen stored, once that's gone, energy gone. It's quite hard to get calves back in and get it filled. But if you've got 50 pounds of fat, which is like thousands and thousands of calories of energy if you could tap into that you could have limitless energy that's what they're saying with ketosis but in the days leading to an athletic event typically an endurance competition carbohydrate restriction combined with high fat intake has been done with the aim of becoming fat adapted also called keto adapted however this scheme has failed to produce performance enhancements in controlled experiments and in fact has shown performance impairments 
have a, have a man and colleagues found that seven days of high fat diet followed by one day of high carb increased fat oxidation but decreased sprinting power output in well trained cyclists okay and you can look at it all and what you really get to is that you can it's so complicated the body obviously nutrition everything it's all complicated there's trillions of cells like it's not just think how nuts that is we don't even know what consciousness is that we don't know much about we we know a lot of things but it's a lot to learn and this is why it's like it can be overwhelming sometimes and this is why I mentioned yesterday in the podcast, we just need to do what's enough, the basics, because the basics will take us. You know, if you train well, recover, you know, if you do the obvious stuff, the obvious stuff is what matters. We're not meant to, you know, you can look at optimizing your performance and all this stuff, and you have to question, right, if I'm busy at work, right, I'm busy at work and doing this and doing that, i got family and all that, do I have the time to optimize my performance properly with nutrition and training? Because it's not easy to optimize stuff. Optimization is like a very like specific thing you've got to look at. You've got to monitor more things. You've got to consume different foods. You've got to look at all that. And I think it can be a bit overwhelming for the average everyday person to start looking at optimizing performance. Like, do I think about, did I, if am my glycogen stores maxed out before going on a run? No, not really. But... Am I eating a decent amount of carbs most days? Yeah. And am I having fruit every day? Yeah, I am. You know, and is my protein up there? Yeah, it is. And am my fat not too low? Yeah, it's fine. Do you know what I mean? That's enough. And you train and you get better and healthier and job done. And when you look at people who want to really optimize and use athlete level detail for the everyday person, I'm not sure it's worth and especially if you're a stressy person going down that path. I just don't know if it is. I think it's better to be like, and the research again, I could go on to the research on this and stuff like that, and it's looking at, you know, they looked at, is sugar bad? Well, no, it's, you can't just say sugar is bad. You have to look at, right, why is people's intake of sugar higher? Okay, it's with these types of foods. So these types of foods are like, you know, junk food, basically. They don't just come with sugar. They come with loads of calories. They come with more fat. They come with all this stuff. You can't just say sugar's bad. And you look at fat, you know, like saturated fat. And it's the same thing again. So you can't just say saturated fat, right? You, you have to look at the foods that contain it and what that comes with. People say saturated fat is bad, right? But just look how, like, some of the foods. And I think there's even the research on saturated fat shows it's not actually bad now, you know? Um, and I think we've got to go to the basics. So... That's my little ramble about uh, carbs and fats. I hope it was insightful. I know it's a long one, but to to round it all off, I need to segment the people listening. If you just care about fat loss and you lose fat, just focus on total calories and protein for now. So put that setting on the app. Do that for now. If you're at if you if you if you've been doing fat loss for a while, but your your energy's down and all that stuff. Look at your carbs and fat intake. Is your fat intake, is it lower than 30 grams a day? We don't want to be getting too much lower than 30 grams a day. What's your carb intake like? You know, what's your steps like? For people who are getting ready for runs and marathons and 10Ks and stuff like that, you can get away with good enough. Uh, make sure I'm eating a good amount of carbs each day. Making sure I'm eating a decent amount of fats. Make sure my protein's there. I'm making sure I have rest days between my training so I'm recovering and being able to train. Right, you can, that's fine. Right, you can do it. 
for people who are like, do you know what? I want to do ultras. I want to really break records. I want to fit my best. Then yeah, it might be worth if you spend that money. But don't fall into the trap of thinking you have to optimize everything that's going to make you a better runner or whatever. You still have to train. You still have to do with the training. You still have to eat similar foods and you still have to, you know, have the consistency now. That's more important than being like, well, I've been told now to eat an apple before I'd run and because of this. So I've been told to have peanut butter on an apple before working out because then I can have more fats to my body than more fats given when you've my run. But then your fitness hasn't improved because your running hasn't, you know, your program, your running program hasn't, you know, brought you the increased capacity to run further. So you think you can rely, oh, I, my diet's better. It's, it's, it's multifaceted. It's, it's not uh, simple. And I just don't know if it's, uh, if it's worth, Jumping into, I used to be one of those people that's going to optimizing everything, and it didn't. It didn't really make me better at training. It didn't the only thing that's made me better at training is consistently training, consistently eating decent food and eating decent amount of macros, and that's it. Happy days. So that's the final message. Hope you have a good day. If you're on a walk, enjoy it. If you're still asleep, get up, <laughs> and. Just understand, like you can go down the rabbit hole of this as long as you want. But it's January. A lot of you are new. Some of you aren't. Some of you are still getting the grips of turtle and all that. Just get your steps in. Train. Enjoy the training. Enjoy the tracking. Discover things about yourself. Look at where your food macros land with the food you like. And start tweaking slowly from there. And that's the best way to go. You can work from an ideal state if you want. I want to be this ideal runner at the end of the year who is doing a marathon, is 10 kgs down. You know, you're working from an illusion. Why don't we work from the now? The now is, this is me, this is what I'm eating, and I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat, track what I'm eating, and I'm going to see what my steps are day to day so I know where I've been, right? And I'm going to work from here as opposed to working from the illusion over there. Let's work from here. I'm tracking what I'm eating, See my balance, get my steps, do what I can, and then I can improve from a fact and not improve or try and get to the illusion. And that's how we go about it. So have a good day. See you all soon.